You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. That's all I got to say. I got nothing, folks. This is a week that George Orwell could never have envisioned. This is a week, and I can't get this in in a half an hour, but the degree of perfidy is so profound. The degree of betrayal is so deep. I don't know if there's ever been anything like this in human history. A lot of biblical analogies we can give, Roman Empire, but the false flag operation of the Republican Party and its media apparatus and its outside organizations is something that it, it's too perfect. It, it, it is if the Democrats wanted to create an institution to fully enshrine its agenda, even when it's out of power, I couldn't think of a better vehicle than the Republican Party and its apparatus. Fox News, Wall Street Journal, Salem radio hosts, all these phony K Street groups. You know, I don't know I don't know where to begin. But uh it's it's Thursday afternoon here, very long, hard week for me. I went down yesterday to D.C. I don't do it too often. I live 50 miles north, and that's how I'm able to get so much done because I'm just not in the fishbowl and floating around. I could think in my bunker, talk to people, read, write, do media, do radio, rinse and repeat, and just get the truth out. And one thing thing I have to say is I, I thank God every day that as miserable as this profession is, at least I'm in a position where I could say whatever I want. I could say what needs to be said. And and it's only because of your support. You know, you supporting our our uh sponsors, supporting CRTV, get your subscription, you'll see me uh you won't want to miss my episode with Steve Dace this this week. You now, if you like seeing my radio face, but at least at least I could say what needs to be said and I could live with myself and I could be consistent about it and tell the truth, work hard to get the facts, give a vision for the future, and and, and actually give you give you over something that you'll never hear anywhere else, and that's the truth. So many friends of mine I visit in, both in the administration, the White House, the um, you know, Congress. I divided up my day, met with some members, some staff, and my heart get, goes out to them. You know that they try to do what's right, and th- there's nothing they can do. This is a fake party through and through. Um, and that, and the thing is, you have to start before Trump. You have to start with the pre-existing party before him. I've said all along for two years, the party is irremediably broken even before Trump. It's just he's not the solution. He's the embodiment of the problem, and you'll see it. You'll see what I mean. But, you know, it is it is what it is. 
And many of us figured, and, and certainly many friends of mine who chose to work in the administration, they figured, look, he won. This is an opportunity. Let's try to make this work. And we've reached a point where I discovered, and some of it I can't even talk about, um, but you know, you see it. There is not a single issue where we have a conservative apparatus in place in the administration, in a department. That is the raw truth. You know, I want to talk about purists, the charge of you're a purist, low expectations, and the triumph of New York values. You know, when Democrats get into power, there's never any excuses to their base. There's never any, oh, what do you expect just a couple months in? Uh, You know, at at this date, end of March, eight years ago, seven years ago, 2009, first few months of Obama's presidency. How ironic that that's when the Tea Party was, was formed, March, April of 2009, in response to the successes of their administration. Right, they had what we have now. Not, and I don't want to say we because I'm not a Republican, um, but they had what Republicans have. They had the House, the Senate, the White House, and they passed three big fiscal legacy items. I challenge you to tell me to name one single conservative left in that administration pushing one conservative policy as of late March 2009. In the deep state, in the, in, the, in the holdovers, much less the existence of what I call the shallow state, the new appointees, meaning Obama's guys appointing new Bush or Reagan people. Not one. Not one. Every single agency, commission, office, embassy of every nook and cranny of the administration was fully committed to the cross-section of fiscal, social, and national security Marxist policies. Yet we have a Republican administration. And we're told, you can't be a purist. You can't get everything you want. What do you expect, Daniel? Not only is it saturated with all the liberal holdovers, not only is it saturated with new liberal appointees from Kelly, Mattis, Tillerson, National Security Council, Betsy DeVos, How's that most conservative cabinet ever working out for you? With the exception of Jeff Sessions, there's nobody. And even he's kind of clipped by the lawyers in the White House, which are horrible. But we don't have a single issue, a single department that we have under wraps. Not one. And I'm just bringing up random issues just to show, because some of us were talking about this. Some friends of mine were talking about this yesterday. You know, some of the most egregious things Obama did, social engineering in the military, forcing, you know, women in infantry, despite the fact that General Dunford and the Marines did a costly study showing how it hurts women, it hurts military readiness, it hurts everyone. Most egregious thing, Congress did nothing. But we figured, all right, you have Republicans, and you can't blame it on the parliamentarian because foreign policy, military, this is all done administratively. You just reverse it. Nothing. All of that is in place. They're celebrating transgenderism in the military. Nothing has changed. I don't even – I don't have time to get to all the specific issues, but between women in combat, jailbreak, 
Jared is now dispatched to the Hill to promote jailbreak, criminal justice reform. We spoke about this a lot. I had copious articles on this from last year. The, uh, this is actually one issue that I'm actually surprised. I thought Trump would hold the line on law and order. Nope maniacally pushing the two-state solution on Israel where they could live. I mean, this is Orwellian. These are the issues we said. The budget. The budget. Trump's own budget. Forget about the spending levels. They've capitulated. Forget about what I wanted to do to downright codify good policies. Defund refugee resettlement. Codify his executive immigration order. Codify defunding of of, um, sanctuary cities. Because, by the way, the courts are going to strike that down, too. The Sessions um, order on punishing sanctuary cities. That will get struck down within the next number of days. No. God forbid we have control of all branches of government. Should we get what we want with the budget? Just like the Democrats got what they wanted with the budget in 20. 2009, 2010, when they had all three branches. But the Republicans already capitulated to Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer is spiking the football. He's bragging that they jettisoned funding for the border fence, the most foundational promise of this administration. They've, they've already jettisoned it. And rather, rather than Donald Trump... Give Mitch McConnell and Roy Blunt and the appropriators and the rhino Republicans the Twitter treatment. How dare you undermine our campaign mandate? This bastard goes after conservatives of Freedom Caucus for upholding his damn promise to repeal Obamacare. And frankly, as we noted before, because the facts and, and details don't matter, they're not even pushing full repeal. They're compromising on the Medicaid um, expansion on the subsidies on massive high-risk pool funding and other subsidies to states as long as just the Title I regulations get repealed. That's a coward. See, you want to tell me he's an equal opportunity guy, equal opportunity, opportunity tormentor, whoever gets in his way, you know, he'll go after them. All right, I could, I could accept that. But no. See, he knows... That it's unpleasant. You know, you look in Webster's Dictionary, the, the definition of a coward or someone who is scared of unpleasant things, unpleasant reactions. He's not going to go up against the swamp. But to wear down conservatives and tell them, are you going to help the Democrats? Are you going to not repeal Obamacare? And they know that – and he knows that as much as conservatives know that's not true, but they'll take that to heart because they really do oppose the Democrats unlike the establishment. There's also another reason, too, by the way. People who are whores and unprincipled detest principled people. So he kind of, you know, admires the moderates and the establishment doing their thing because they're D-bags like him. You know, they're doing it at a lack of principle. But when you oppose him, when Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan cut his balls off from, from a position of principle, boy, does that get under his skin. So that's that's the first half of this. But we're told, how dare you be purists? You can't get everything you want. I mean, you take this to its logical conclusion, and I could tell you, okay, um, you know, there's no there's no sense of proportion, of context, of what what we're up against, of what our expectations are, what our expectations should be. This is the soft bigotry of low expectations. You know, you you could have ten foreign policy positions in the State Department, let's say, you know, Middle East. 
Asia, Israel, whatever, one overseas Iran, and, and he could appoint five Obama people. So are you going to tell me, don't be a purist. You can't get everything you want. Well, what about the five that weren't? Now, anyone with a brain knows, well, you don't have to appoint anyone, and you shouldn't. And what? Like, we're not talking about getting rid of Social Security or Medicare or the minimum wage. You know, we're not, God forbid, are we talking about relitigating the case against the great society like Reagan and even Gingrich as late as the 90s was still doing. No, we're, we're done with that. We know that. We're talking about the most basic promises. This is a fake party. And they call us purists. I want to talk about this purist charge, where it's coming from, and how it demonstrates that this party and its entire media apparatus is a false flag operation to triumph New York values. The Salem radio hosts, Hewitt and Prager, all these, that whole lineup. Everything the GOP establishment does, they're all for. No matter what. Do you know what, do you want to know where the purity is here? So forget about policy, because again, facts and details don't matter. We established that already. It doesn't matter what they're doing, but it's not coming from ideological uh, moderation. They are ideological purists in terms of supporting purely whatever the GOP leadership puts out. And it, the reason, not, not, not just because they love the GOP leadership, it's because of the most impure motives. It's money and power and connections. It's a business model. It is a business model. I happen to know the Salem CEO told all the hosts, this is what you're doing. You're never bucking Trump because he's the party leader. You can't. If he's on one side of the issue, I don't care if your entire career, you are espousing the opposite. You will now support that line. So all these guys were on a conference call with Kevin McCarthy, the majority leader. They eat out of his hand. And that's why you, you, you never hear any original thoughts from these people. It's, it's literally, literally leadership's talking points. You know, one thing you know from me, accuse me of anything, but you know it's my own talking points. And, and that's the thing. So these guys have a business model that you have to support the Republican line because that's where their audience is. So no matter what the issue is, no matter the details, it could be in this case literally the antithesis of repealing Obamacare and a worse outcome policy-wise, politically, it doesn't matter. You have to sell the lie that this is Obamacare and then question the motivations of those that are holding the line that you yourself held for 10 years because facts and details and consistency don't matter. And you want to know the biggest irony is I respect some of those that were consistent. From day one, they saw something in Trump they liked. They supported him. Okay, I know Laura Ingram was in that camp. That's one level. But these people are the epitome of the type of people that hated Trump. And from day one, he's the last thing they would have supported. But once he becomes the party apparatus, then you got to support it. No matter what. That's purity. That's what a purist is. That's a progressive, corrupt purist. That you are purely for the corrupt party line, even if it contradicts your own stuff. That's what a purist is. But a purist is also someone who only accepts the Democrat baseline for any given policy. 
you don't start with your own affirmative beliefs because you don't have any. So there's not a single issue, not one, where you will buck the Democrat line. You'll start with their position and you'll make one tweak and say that's the Republican position, even though it contradicts the Republican platform. It is all about connections. But the sad result of this is it is destroying our own people. Fox News is a bigger cancer than the mainstream media ever was because they're accomplishing what the mainstream media was never able to accomplish. The mainstream media, despite their monopoly over 50 years, they couldn't get half the country to agree with them. Fox News is now taking as their captive audience because they're perceived as the Republican media. They take people who would intuitively agree with us, give them complete misinformation, and sell progressivism that the liberal media couldn't successfully sell under the mantle of the conservative Republican position. So they're driving calls into conservative offices that are upholding the promise upholding what everyone said they wanted to do, saying, how dare you not repeal Obamacare? Because facts and details don't matter. They're taking the remaining half of our country and making them low information. And by the way, see, this is the central smorgasbord of what it means to be a Republican and even a conservative nowadays. Ooh, I'm going to be a Fox contributor. Gosh, I mean, you turn that off and your IQ goes up, goes up uh, exponentially. But I tweeted this out earlier this week, and I just want you to know where it comes from. It's not, there's no ideology here. It's all connections and career and playing the game. Because even me, I felt it very slightly a tinge in me of reservation tweeting that out. Because, you know, recently I've been doing Lou Dobbs. Uh, not, not, I've, I never go on Fox, but Fox Business. And, you know, I figure if I can get my message out, I'll get my message out. And I was thinking, you know, They'll likely, you know, see that tweet and I won't be let on. And I haven't been called this week. And you know what? I said to myself, I don't care. I just don't care. So what? I won't go on Fox Business anymore. I just don't care. But the reality is most people who do what I do do care. I had so many opportunities throughout my career I could have been bought off. Man, Daniel, you're the best writer out there. This is before the Civil War broke out a number of years ago when Mitch McConnell's office tried to co-opt me. I have no desire to do that. I have no desire to do anything but tell the truth. And it's not very profitable. But th that's, that's what's so disgusting. They, they question our motivations when they're completely motivated by intellectual dishonesty and profit. You know, I, I could be so much more popular if I would have done what others have done, if I would have kept my, you know, a lot of people regard me as a policy guy. And man, this is such good work. You lay out the case well. And I could just soften the edges slightly and not throw the barbs at, at the GOP establishment. And just be like everyone else where I write in abstract about free markets, about liberty, about constitution. And then when it comes to the point of contention politically, suddenly you're nowhere to be seen or downright contradicting yourself, which is, by the way, the Wall Street Journal, when they're three months out from a given political battle, they'll be saying what I say. And then when it comes to it, all of a sudden they flip because their friends and associates 
called in a favor. You got to toe the party line now. So I, I could have, you know, it's funny, a lot of friends of mine who work at think tanks or whatever, different things, like, Daniel, do you have to throw in this guy, you know, this business trash and corn in? Like, this is a really good piece, but I can't send it around to anyone. And, and that's the thing. But no, I, I, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Misinformation is the worst thing we could have. This is why the Republican Party and Fox News is worse than if they didn't exist. They are a cancer. If you just had Democrats, the good news is they're so radical. Even the transformed society, the education problems we have, demographic problems we have, it is not where the Democrats are. We could still win. And if they had control after three months, people would rebel. You'd have a revolution. The Republican Party and Fox News is a perfect false flag operation to obfuscate that party divide, to to save the Democrats, bail them out from their pain under the mantle of conservatism. Make our people support what they never support. And this is where we're at. We have an administration promulgating now jailbreak, anti-Israel, women in combat. A bed, you know, giving up on the budget, giving up on the fence, giving up on immigration, making the court supreme, Obamacare, Common Core, by the way, it's a whole other issue with Betsy DeVos. You go, you go cabinet member by cabinet member, and Sessions is the only one left. And by the way, the second best person you would have said was Scott Pruitt at EPA. <sighs> Whatever, there's some stuff I can't talk about, but what it was out in the open, and I know it's a political article, but from what I do know, I could vouch for it. You know, so what's the pacifier for us to suck on? There's always things that we could, oh, but at least he's doing this. He repeat, he he got rid of an executive reg that Obama had. Well, yeah, duh. But you know what? Even on the regulatory front, the greenhouse gas regulation, which is the big enchilada, Scott Pruitt lobbied for it not to be included, and he won. What happened to Scott Pruitt? Now, he was always kind of a mainline Republican, you know, he's a mainline one as opposed to most of them aren't mainline. They're like John Kasich types. So, I mean, but, you know, he wasn't a star. Um, and that's what you need. Anything short of that, you're not going to flush the system. You're going to you're going to become part of the system. I'm sorry to say it, folks, but that's just where we are. You know, I wish I could lie to you. I wish I could tell you everything's great. The, the, the first step in finding a solution is acknowledging the extent of the problem. We need a new party. We needed it before Trump. We need it after Trump. The sooner people recognize that, the quicker we could heal. This is unsustainable. The new binary is, are you for single payer or are you for Obamacare? There's always going to be some sort of false flag operation that you could say, oh, well, dangle in front of us. If you don't vote Republican, you'll get this. At some point, we cross the point of no return where it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter anymore. And what's so sad is it's so achievable. It really is. Now, just technically, um, ballot access-wise, it's very hard because the two parties have just boxed people out. But if you had a groundswell, you could punch through it. But messaging-wise, do you know how many people have told me, Daniel, I love your ideas. I'm not a conservative, but that sounds so common sense, what you say on healthcare. But what happens is 
we can't even break through to the average person because we're trapped in the baggage of this Republican Party. There's two reasons. One is you get stuck with the general Republican baggage that so many people don't like. But number two, and you're seeing this already, in order to distinguish ourselves in a primary, in a fight, we have to like emphatically, because you know they say our talking points. So we have to emphatically say, no, we're more conservative. We're better. You're a rhino. And we do this in primary. So then the people get the impression, oh, so you're really extreme Republican. It's all about the labels. You're the, the radical freedom caucus, the crazies, the extreme. Since when was it extreme to support balanced budgets? To when, when was it extreme to support a safety net but a free market beyond that that will give people the most access to the cheapest array of products and services? When was it extreme to oppose transgenderism? When was it extreme to believe that when the top 1% earns 20% of the income and pays 40% of the taxes, that's enough? When the top 5% pays 70% of the taxes, that's enough? When was it extreme to believe in our immigration values that we've always had until the last generation, where we never flooded the country the way we did without patriotic assimilation from the third world? When was it extreme not to become like Europe and for the first time ever flood the country with Muslim immigrants hundreds of thousands every year? We, we, we have a movement, we have a party that's incapable of breaking outside the existing paradigm. Everything's no. They're the party of no. We have so many good ideas we push at Conservative Review. Process reforms, policy reforms, nothing. Everything is no. It's the binary choice between Sodom and Gomorrah. Pick your poison. There's no innovative thinking. It doesn't have to be this way. I understand certain elements of progressivism of the last hundred years are cemented. But this past eight years of radicalism, it doesn't have to be that way. We don't have to have John Kerry appointees. We don't have to have a lack of a free market, at least for the non-Medicaid and non-Medicare people. We don't have to have people paying $50,000 a year premiums or the government subsidizing $50,000 a year premiums in the state of Alaska, which is coming to every state in the next two years. It doesn't have to be that way. The people don't want it. We don't have to have judicial supremacy. That's bipartisan. We could make the case if we didn't have the labels of this horrible party. Yes, the culture has changed, but we don't have to have transgender supremacy. That's not where the average person is. Not yet, at least. Unless we make it that way. What's wrong with us? Shake out of it. Shake out of your slumber. Why are our people incapable of thinking beyond two hours in front of them? Why are they incapable of juxtaposing their observations and putting together the dots and understanding what we're confronted with? Understanding the opportunity we have, given how radical and out of favor the Democrats are. Or are we just going to lie to each other and have a pacifier, fake fight? Well, Republicans did this or the Democrats did this. Why don't we have a movement that has the audacity to stand on its own veracity? But no, the triumph of New York values 
is our soft bigotry of low expectations. We expect nothing more from Republicans other than one step away from Democrats. So you know what we get now? We get worse than Democrats, except under the Republican mantle, so we get blamed for it. We get the vices of Obamacare packaged under repealing Obamacare. We get all the vices of the Trump administration and the perception that he's a right-winger under the umbrella of perpetuating Obama's policies. That's what the Republican Party and Fox News has brought, brought you. The hour's late. There's a lot of things I'm working on. CBO came out with their long-term budget analysis. I mean, it's, it's a disaster. No one's talking about that. The stuff going on in immigration, no one's talking about that. What the courts are doing on immigration. By the way, they're going to codify sanctuary cities into law very soon. Nobody's talking about that. Mark Kelly, the DHS secretary, who's hiring all these liberals, running around saying, dreamers, dreamers, we love our dreamers. Oh, we're not going to touch people that don't have a criminal record. You know who didn't have a criminal record? The Rockville rapists. None of them have a criminal record until they do. And Trump already spoke to this in the, in the, in the election in order to win the primary. So we already have this messaging. Why don't you actually fulfill your promise? Daniel, don't be a purist. You can't get everything you want. Boy. I mean, this is, this is really, really bad. Like I said, this is not just about health care. You know, they talk about tax reform. I'm going to have a piece on that too, philosophically, how it's stupid to even tackle that issue now and how no good's going to come out of it. Do you know who's writing the tax plan? So the House Republicans already have a border adjustment tax, a tariff, an entire new stream of anti-growth revenue. And then do you know, do you know that there is not a single Republican in this administration writing tax policy? You have Mnuchin, Ross, Gary Cohn, who's, by the way, the worst of the worst. He's running this administration. And Jared. Boy, does that Jared guy make his rounds. Wow. Man. Whew. It's not just about Ryan's Priebus, by the way. It is much deeper than him. But that's the thing. If we're honest with each other, we could find the solution very quickly. You know, I'm going to come back to this in a future date, but last year, those of you who are with me, remember, short of starting a new party, I had my ideas of reforming the primary process and switching to the Utah model convention, where the activists, instead of money and name ID, dominate the selection process. It's not a 100% solution, but right now we are 0% successful at primaries. So if we get to 30, 40, 50%, we'll be in good shape. We'll, you know, have a critical mass of new people. Maybe the Freedom Caucus then could have 100 members and they'll be, actually be good. Till then, you know what you need to do. You know where those websites are of some of those members. You see the influence they're having. You see what, that they're standing up to the entire system. They're, they're feeling the pressure. A lot of them are buckling. One by one, they're being peeled off. Not the leaders, but you know, they're being peeled off. So if you, I could tell you phone calls matter more than voting. So if you, if you're in one of those districts, maybe even if you're not call them up and say, you know, all politics now is national, (laughs) not local anymore. So I'm not from your district, but I appreciate what you're doing and let me know what I can do to help. But that's where we are. We're not going to be bought out here. Conservative review. 
And that's why we need you to support our sponsor, CRTV, preparewithcr.com, our buddies at Patriot Supply. We're going to have some more next week we're going to talk about. Thanks for listening, guys. God bless. Until next time, this has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience. 